Thanks for sticking around a little bit tonight. Um, we haven't really done something like this uh, and, and realized kind of, hey, we've, we've come upon our first year and in some ways it kind of snuck up on us and in some ways just recognize that, you know, a lot of what you're going to hear tonight is, hey, looking back on our first year, we kind of just didn't know 100% what to expect. And so from leadership to finances, all that kind of stuff, we, we kind of looked at what was one step in front of us and there's a sense in which like we want to always just look at what's one step in front of us and not, you know, look 15, 20 years out, but be very open to, to what God has for us and be really consistently um, both as kind of leader teams, but then across our church and in DNA and that kind of stuff, always consistently seeking God for, for what he has for us um, more than kind of what we have planned. But we have a year under our belts. We have a little bit of a clearer picture of, of, uh, of what God's providing. We've, uh, like, we've made it for a year. God's brought a, a little church that started online in October of 2020 to January of 2022. So maybe we'll be here in another year, but we're here today. So praise God. Um, and everyone, like, this is truly, you know, I get to, to run in some pastory kind of circles. And uh, when people ask, like, hey, what's the difference in planning one church 12 years ago, planning... The church today, uh, I, I often tell them like my favorite two things are one is that I feel like we're a lot more dependent and prayerful than we were, you know, go figure when I was in my late 20s and thought I could do everything myself and didn't need God. Um, but then that everybody like brings their best to the table and, and it really does feel as we talk about Salt and Light being a community, being a family, a multi-gifted family, uh, where we want to see everybody's gifts empowered and that kind of stuff. As I look back on the last year, like... Thank you, because um, you you are making and have made Salt and Light what it is. So, so what we want to do tonight is just kind of look back a little bit, clarify some questions that we know uh, have come up a little bit that maybe we have or have not had answers to over the last year, give a little glimpse of where we think God's leading us in the next few months, um, and then see what questions you have and spend a little bit of time praying. So I'm going to keep our, our part as quickly, as quick as possible, so we can spend most of the time answering questions and praying. Um, but we thought it would be good to start with uh, these pages. So we, I put a handout on pit tables. Anyone need, need one? They're, not everybody was seated by the time I got to you. Um, but on the front page, says Salt and Light Family Meeting. Um, just to give a little bit of a refresher, we spent a lot of time um, during our first weeks and months as a church family and on Zoom uh, kind of saying, hey, here's who we believe over months of prayer that God is calling uh, Salt and Light to be. Um, and so this is hopefully the, the driver and, and the kind of mission and vision and values and priorities that we, we see shape everything. Um, not 100% batting on that, but, but, but hopefully over time that you, you, you can say, yeah, I see where, where this stems from. So the mission of Salt and Light is making disciples of Jesus by seeking his kingdom in everyday life. That leads us to say we want to be pretty simple and value a few things that we think are really important. Uh, we probably talked about these more than much of anything on this page, but, but we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And then to flesh each of those out a little bit, part of being with Jesus is saying we believe that life is best when we follow and obey his word and, and dwell in his spirit and seek first his kingdom. Um, and so we want to call our church consistently to spiritual abiding, um, spiritual practices. It's a new month, and so if you've followed kind of our our September vision series of committing to a spiritual practice every month, it's a new month and a new year. So, so what what way would Jesus be inviting you to meet with Him in a new way this month, or continue what you have uh, in previous months? 
And then spiritual growth, just striving to, to ask God to, to grow us in giftings and in maturity and godliness. Becoming like Jesus means in part that we give up our lives for God and others. Um, and so we want to pursue selflessness in this. So selfless conversations, which means even putting ourselves on the line um, and, and risking some of our people-pleasing tendencies for the sake of sharing good news or perhaps even overstepping where we know that our, our uh, brothers and sisters need some love and correction and this kind of stuff. So selfless conversation, selfless generosity. Uh, I want to just celebrate this. Matt, Matt and Camp will talk about finances and some other stuff here in a little bit, but um, even seeing uh, the quickness with which folks have, have responded to uh, GoFundMes and, and online uh, giving through Salt and Light and meals and gift cards and that kind of stuff even in the last few weeks. So we, we're, we're, we're seeing God bear fruit in a lot of these things. And so we're not here to say like, hey, here's our priorities. All right, guys, we've got a long way to go. Like we're, we're here to say like, hey, by, by God's grace, he's producing some fruit in some of these things. Um, and then selfless acts, which includes uh, entering into some of the brokenness of society around us. Doing what Jesus did means in part that we devote ourselves to the things that God values. And so we want to prioritize the things he would call us to prioritize. There's a billion things trying to vie for our attention all the time. Sincere relationships, um, being real with one another and sincere discipleship, pointing each other to, to Jesus. This mission and values. Any questions or anything unclear on that that I can dive into more? All right. And then our priorities that we've sought and are going to continue to seek. Um, Things like simple gatherings, um, and so we want uh, sinners and seekers and skeptics and frankly anyone in between those labels to feel welcome here. Um, so we try to discuss and to teach the scriptures in a way that says, hey, there's no one person that's an expert, but the Spirit fills all of us and uh, can, can, can lead anyone to, to kind of contribute. Um, grace-filled, Christ-centered relationships with a few folks who meet together every week. So those are the most simple kind of forms of gatherings. Uh, we want to see everyone discipled and everyone discipling. Some of these start to fit together, but you'll see down below, like we want to empower everyone's gifts. Uh, and part of that is to say like, hey, uh, we don't have a heavy pastoral staff. We don't, we don't value titles so highly that it's like, oh, these few people can disciple others, but I'm, I'm so broken I can't. Like I want to see everyone discipled and everyone discipling and taking ownership for each other's growth. And so where are you gifted and, and what insights do you have? God's given you that for the sake of the body. And we get to see this as we meet together and we hear stories of, of DNAs and relationships and this kind of stuff. Uh, I want to equip children and teens and their grown-ups. Um, recognize that Jesus valued uh, inviting kids to participate in God's kingdom. I think one of my favorite things that I teach on Sundays is when I ask questions. Uh, that is very rarely you who answer. It's always your kids. Um, and, man, they say stuff that you have been conditioned not to say out loud. And so, like, we get to hear, you know, I, I think as one of the Arnett kids, you know, I said, like, what's hard about praying? He's like, sometimes I don't know if I'm talking to anyone. And it's like, man, who hasn't thought that? But he's just willing to say it. And, and so, like, we get to glean from, from, from kids. Um, and that's a promise in the scriptures, but we've gotten to see and, and live that out. Um, there, there are a many of them, um, so we want to come alongside and, and do what we can to provide good environments for kids of all ages, and student, including teens, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, 
Transformative cultural engagement. Uh, one, one more on that. I would say this if she was here. Bethany had to leave, but like, if, if you haven't seen some of the, like, if you're not back there and see what, what Bethany produces as far as a week-to-week basis, as far as kids' lessons and this kind of stuff, um, elementary's led well as well, but especially like Bethany's commitment to create age-appropriate, really engaging stuff for kids is just fantastic. So I want to just celebrate her. Um, Transformative cultural engagement, we spent a little bit on that this evening, we want to speak the gospel, and that's true in our areas of unbelief and doubt, it's true in our relationships, it's true in areas of culture um, and justice and marginalized folks as well. I want to empower each other's giftings. Uh, I, I, I don't think I could ever celebrate this enough. I think this is, again, my favorite part of, of what I've, got, I've gotten to personally experience this past year, but folks really embracing the fact that you're a vital and gifted member of the body, and whether that's a specific role on a Sunday or with your DNA or maybe more commonly just being what people need you to be and operating out of the giftings that God's given you, it is just such a joy to see a church family that really embraces the fact that there's one body but many parts, and those parts need each other. So, again, thank you. Women and men leading together, um, and that's just to say that we all need each other's perspectives and distinctions and voices, um, and, and you've gotten to see that both again on Sundays and in, in various ways throughout weeks as well as we um, pursue, uh, as we all pursue godliness together and as we all glean from each other's voices and perspectives and this kind of stuff. So. Again, all of that's fleshed out in, in previous teachings more. I spent a lot more time diving in, but just felt like it's been a year. Um, it's, it's a lot of words on a page. I just covered it in nine minutes, but there's a lot there. And so it, th- these are the undergirding you know, principles that guide a lot of our decisions, that guide what, what and how are we going to teach on a Sunday, what and how do we want to see DNA groups do, and how can we equip folks to do that. And... Um, Again, probably don't hit it 100%, um, but, but that's at least the, the desire and the heart behind a lot of what we do is saying, hey, here's the mission, and here's the, the values that we think help us accomplish that mission, and so just some of the ways we implement those are, are listed in the priorities. So anything on that? Any questions? Okay, great. Matt's going to talk about our leadership over on page two. Part of giving you handouts is so that you can, you know, take them home and memorize all the words. That's right. <laughs> there will be a quiz at the end. Um, yeah, so we don't, want to, we don't talk a lot about, like, our leadership structure or convictions or kind of how we flesh that out. And obviously a big part of our um, leadership team is, is, you know, empowering other uh, folks within the body's gifts, you know. And so we're all about, like, empowering folks to be leaders. And so we've got a lot of people who are part of carrying out the vision of salt and light. And so, um, but I wanted to talk specifically about kind of more like governance, you know, type of leadership uh, from a conversation perspective and give you some context there. Um, this chart on the left, kind of what we're trying to symbolize there is that we have some, some convictions that have kind of informed the way that we've gone about like creating our governance structure and leadership structure that are really uh, important to us that are kind of held in tension, you know, and uh, we're kind of working this out, you know, a bit as we go. We've sought a lot of uh, counsel from other churches that we admire a lot, who we've seen kind of practicing uh, leadership in kind of a slightly different way, while we still feel like very biblical, and so we've kind of sought some counsel uh, with other churches that we respect a lot to kind of shape this, but the convictions on the left side that we hold in tension is we need to prioritize spiritual leadership 
uh, within the U.S. requirement for religious nonprofit organization. So we are a 501c3. Um, we're a nonprofit, so you guys are able to like tithe and give, and we can give you you know tax receipts and stuff like that. We're not taxed and things like that. And so as a part of that, within the state of Texas, we have to have a uh, governing uh, board of directors. So that's kind of one of the things that, like, just legally we re we're required to have that. We also view that as, like, not just, like, a legal thing, but, like, there's, like, a need for spiritual maturity and wisdom within that, um, that, that need there. <clears throat> the, the top one, uh, we highly value the giftedness of the body of Christ, including men and women leading together. This is something that we really wanted to create space for within our community. Is like, how can we re reclaim and redeem some of that space for... Uh, hearing more from women and allow them to be uh, shaped, uh, allow their perspectives to shape uh, how we lead, how we pastor, our direction of the church and things like that. That's something that's important to us. Um, and then also uh, we uh, practice and believe uh, in co-equal qualified male eldership. Um, and so those are kind of those things that we've kind of held in tension. Um, and so where we've landed and where we're at um, is on the right side over here with these kind of these circles uh, we really have three specific distinct groups that kind of govern the church. And, uh, you know, um, the first is our servant leadership team. <clears throat> and right now that's made up of the Tatums and the Connellys, so Ben and Jess, Nicole and myself. And it really, we have uh, more spiritual responsibilities. Not, not that uh, these other groups don't have spiritual responsibilities, but there is a bit more of like a focus on like spiritual leadership within this group. Where we're focused on things like discipleship formation, uh, equipping the body, fostering day-to-day -day mission and ministry, women and men. Uh, uh, w the people that are part of this group are both women and men. They're proven, uh, like followers of Jesus that have, you know, godly character, you know, deacon qualified and kind of their character. Um, there's no restriction that would prevent them from being on one of these other, like on the board of directors specifically, um, but it's not a requirement. And so... Uh, that's kind of the spiritual uh, uh, responsibility, the servant leadership team. Um, then we have our board of directors, uh, which is, we call it here like logistical responsibility. Uh, what we wanted to, to do with this group is create a team that both meets our legal requirements to have a board of directors. You have to have a president, a vice president, and a treasurer at a minimum to have a board of directors in the state of Texas. So logistically there's that. But also we saw a lot of benefit in saying like, hey, there's a lot of really gifted people who have a lot of insight, wisdom that can be spirit-led and spirit-filled. And we want to tap into those people's giftings, allow them to lead and serve the church in a very important way that may be different than more pastoring or day-in, day-out kind of discipleship and formation type stuff. And it may look more like finance and budget and HR and leadership and operations and building and real estate and all those type of things. Those are things that are really valuable and uh, important. And so uh, that's the way that we kind of think about our, our board of directors. And so slightly different, actually not slightly different, different responsibilities and oversight. So over things like our legal status, our 501c3 compliance, uh, HR, finance, the uh, budget planning and things like that. And there's also some checks and balances and accountability between the board of directors and the servant leadership team. And then uh, the third group of uh, elders, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But before I move on from that, our board of directors is comprised of Ben, myself, and then Camp, uh, who is our treasurer, who's in charge of all of our money. 
So within the context of our board of directors, and he's going to give us going to give us an update here in just a minute. Um, but then this this third group of elders. Uh, so this is uh, a group that we believe our conviction biblically is a it's a it's a biblical oversight um, over the church. Um, it's uh, members of Salt and Light, but we are also as a part of being a part of Soma. They require us to uh, have at least three elders on a team. Um, and so if a church is a church plan or whatever doesn't have three elders, just for, I guess, for accountability, checks and balances and things like that, <clears throat> they uh, request require you to have an external uh, elder. Um, and so we introduced you guys to Bob Roberts Jr. on a call last, almost a year ago about, a uh, Zoom call. Um, he's our uh, third uh, member of our our elder board, um, and uh, he's a really godly, wise pastor, shepherd, leader who we've learned from a lot. We think we can benefit from a lot, and he's kind of in uh, uh, kind of like a consulting uh, capacity for us, leadership, mentorship type capacity. We go to him not as often as we hope to in the future, uh, but we uh, talk with him through special issues, critical issues, or things like that, where we need kind of some counsel and input and things like that. Um, let's see here. And so this group really has oversight specifically over things like <coughs> teaching, shepherding, uh, church discipline, things like that. Um, so that's kind of how those three groups uh, exist. This We're trying our best to kind of visualize this with, like, diagrams. So you kind of see how there's, like, some overlap, you know, between the two. Not required to be... Uh, in all three groups, but some people one day might be in multiple groups in addition to Ben and myself. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and pause there uh, and just open it up, see if you have any questions or feedback or anything like that on this section. No? Crystal clear. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to hand it off to uh, our treasurer, Cam, to give us an update on finances. Yeah, I was up here. Okay, well that makes sense. Glad I did. Uh, so yeah, I will. I will talk to you a ton of a ton of detail and stuff. But I did want to just take a minute. It's not a conversation we've had this year in regards to finances and where we're at. I know there's been some questions about what does that look like. I'm glad to speak to that in more depth, like on the side if, if desired, or even answer questions here, of course. Um, but just wanted to give kind of a high level overview of what the last years look like. Um, what, what are, where are we at in regards to 2022 and stepping into this year and planning on that front. So, um, yeah, I'll speak to that real quick. And we have a couple of diagrams here to help kind of walk us through it, um, just at the highest level of kind of where, where does, where do dollars kind of fall out, you know, for actuals for last year, like what actually happened in 2021. And then where, where are we thinking in regards to 2022? We're in the process of finalizing a budget there for, for this year. So, you know, in all honesty, though, entering 2021, particularly, you know, in doing some of the budget planning early in the year, we didn't know exactly what to expect. We knew some of the core costs and things and things we're going to be faced with, what we're going to have to plan for, but we knew more than anything it would be a, a learning year. Um, and so, and it certainly was, but I think we established and really gained an understanding of what is our church, where our heart's at, um, and how do we build a budget, you know, for last year, but more so now that we have a full year in front of us, that really aligns with the heart of those the values and the priorities that Ben was talking about earlier. Um, we really want to make sure that everything we're doing is rolling out. How do we steward finance as well? How do we enable 
um, our vision to thrive, which in, in, in really focusing in on supporting discipleship, um, equipping, giving, etc. So um, that's those are kind of the general areas that it's outlined here, um, and I'll just kind of speak to that real quick and um, see if anybody has any questions. So from um, from a 2021 perspective. Uh, really establishing and getting a better understanding of what operations look like. We had set a budget for the year of about 70000 um, is what we anticipated. And as you can see from the top there, we came in a fair portion over that, um, which was great to see. December in particular um, was the month that we really didn't know what to plan for. And we also, of course, opened up um, the additional, uh, not grant, uh, fund, the quote-unquote, fund on Planning Center for us to be able to bring in dollars for, to support the shingle deckers. And so all that gave a considerable push at the end of the year, which um, which was awesome uh, to see. Um, but now, all that to say, you know, we had very minimal expenses at the beginning part of the year. And so we ended the year with uh, with a good amount of savings that we're bringing into the next year, which is going to help fund um, and support a lot of the initiatives that we really wanted to lean into as we come into this year. So um, we were mindful. This is all in percentages. <clears throat> Glad to you know, speak in dollars again. If anybody has that um, you know, desire, understanding in more detail uh, separately. Um, but you know, from, a, from an operation standpoint, we have a pretty good handle on where we're at, looking to maintain that right about where it's at year over year. Um, one of the big changes on here is from a staff perspective. Um, many of us, I think, are aware of, of uh, what's dr driving this, but in, in years power, 2021, uh, we got the benefit of uh, the role that Ben was in, was, was covering the work that he was doing for Salt and Light, and so with his transition and the establish, establishment of the equipping group, that is changing for the year, and so we wanted to make sure we had continuity and consistency, his leadership um, and time, and so we wanted to honor that. And, and so the, the change in staffing there is just a reflection of us um, supporting Ben for the day and a half a week that, um, well, that's, it's more than that, but um, the minimum that, you know, associated with his time and, um, to be on, on staff with Salt and Light. Salt and Light. Um, equipping, that's the other big change. Um, so for as we come into this year, we have a better understanding of what does it look like based on what we did last year and where we want to go. And so we see a substantial increase in that. We're trying to establish funds that we enable DNAs to really thrive and have the flexibility to really foster relationships and, and, and grow together. And then even things like tonight, uh, time together to be able to come together more formally like this or even socially once a month, of, you know, have the second Sunday supper, those kind of activities. Um, we really want to be mindful about how do we support those well. And so um, a lot of that's reflected in that, as well as, of course, um, kids, students, kids, um, little ones. How are we really supporting the growth and uh, you know, everything that Bethany has been, been uh, as Matt mentioned earlier. Um, and then mission and giving. And um, I'm stealing some of the talking points I think no, we're no. going to talk to you. But, um, you know, really being mindful of how do we how do we make sure we're we're giving and not, not only giving out of a budget, but then giving out of an abundance. Um, so as of last year, we certainly did that, and we want to make sure as um, as a board and as elders are bringing that to you um, to understand what we are are giving. Um, but we've intentionally set up a couple different funds there. Uh, one areas that we we support already in regards to like uh, SOMA and being part of that network. Um, 
uh, Plant Fort Worth is uh, an area that we're focused on for this year and, and have been in the past and been supporting in a smaller way. Um, and I think we're going to speak about missional, the missional things in a minute. So, um, and just really being mindful about how do we not only give out of the abundance, if we have abundance, uh, it's above and beyond our, our uh, budget for the year, but then even within what we have, how are we mindfully um, giving uh, to both a care blessing of those within the church as well as outside um, including you know, areas where we have um, you know hearts and minds focused on uh, areas where you want to grow so I think that hits about everything I know there's a couple of additional points that you're going to jump in here but uh, any questions for me or anything you'd like me to elaborate on glad to talk more about it. yeah okay, quick question sure. the 122,000 for 2022 yeah. Does that include the savings being brought over, or is that projected? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. So we establish just what's the spending that we expect. It's not taking into consideration dollars that we have available to us. So it's so just, that's just a mm-hmm. budget. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So for the course of over 2022, we expect to uh, you know, 123, and, and we're in the process of formalizing that and getting a specific number. But that's where we're going. So. So where we're at coming out of 21 is certainly beneficial to that. But I would definitely still encourage everyone um, to join in on this um, because it is going up your year with the, very much with a heart of how do we enable you know, those areas that we've talked about, equipping, discipleship, giving, how do we do that well? And so, um, yeah, if we don't take it up, you know, without a lot of a lot Yeah, of yeah, we don't take it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, any other questions or anything? Yeah, well, thank you. I'll listen. I think you're going to speak the note a lot of things. Yeah, so just a couple notes on uh, follow-up on finances. I mean, I just want to kind of reemphasize what Camp said. That, like, we, with with our focus and some of our priorities, things like simple gatherings, empowering other people within the body to be using their gifts, like, we've intentionally kept things very lean, you know, not built like a very big staff or anything like that. Our expenses, low, you know, and... Uh, the reason why is we want to practice like sacrificial generosity as a church body just as we ask you all to do that as well so that's one of the reasons why we didn't nobody probably uh, knew that we were giving out of abundance but we thought that it would be important for us to, to talk about that today like whenever we had excess money in the budget month and month out we didn't have it allocated towards anything else we just looked out in our body and looked out in the city and tried to look for opportunities to give, to bless, to benefit, to help people. And so um, we still have a desire to do that. And so one of the reasons why we ask you guys to give, you know, sacrificially, because we believe that they're, we want you guys to be looking for ways in your own, like lives and spheres of influence to be generous, you know, but also supporting the mission of Salt and Light is something we want to call you to as well. And um, just... So just to make that a little bit more tangible, the, the idea of like giving out of our abundance was something that we wanted to kind of t- test out a little bit. Yeah. And 
we want it to become something that we're we're all as a church involved in, but we wanted to do it a couple times to yeah. to kind of just make sure that we'd actually end the year in the black, if, you know, <laughs> after that, before bringing it to, to folks. And so we gave a gift to Fortress a couple of times through the year mm-hmm. as they had needs, and we felt like, hey, we're, we're paying them rent anyway, but there's things that, that we want to bless them, uh, not just be a transactional, you know, tenant occasionally yeah. for them. Uh, we gave to the Lloyds, and there was a couple of families within Salt and Light that had specific needs come up that, that we gave to as well. Um, but, and so this isn't like... Yeah, if any of that feels like, whoa, what'd you do with my money without telling me no? Like, this is something we want to, to bring into the public and to kind of go like, hey, as you have, mm-hmm. like this part echoes what Matt said, but just to reiterate, like, as you have, as you have needs that you see come up or organizations that we're involved with or that kind of stuff, like, we want, we want us as a family to kind of choose where some of that stuff goes to going forward. And so our couple times, we're just kind of, a, let's see how this goes. And it went really well. And so we want to do that. Yeah, more uh, and, and more familiarly yeah. as well. So yeah, that's great. That that's perfect. Seventy-one percent um, of our households gave to Salt and Light. I don't know, you know, like how that compares or whatever, you know. And like we're thankful and grateful for everyone who is sacrificially giving to the church and supporting the mission. And so thank you, you know, for being a part of that. And if you aren't giving to Salt and Light, we want to certainly want to invite you to look for areas where God has you to be sacrificially generous and to give um, with the resources that God's blessed you to. We'd also invite you to give a portion to the church as well because we want to be able to love and lead uh, everyone well and encourage one another to practice sacrificial generosity. So um, last thing I was going to mention for this past year is that at the very end of the year, we did add a special fund for the shingle deckers that can't mention you guys may or may not know this, but there's a GoFundMe that's going. Totally feel free to give to that. That's online. It's a really good social tool that can be sent on Facebook and stuff like that. We also wanted to go ahead and set up a fund from the church uh, to where if you go to the giving online at salt, uh, uh, saltandlightfw.com, you can get to the giving through there. There's a drop-down for a give, giving actually to a fund that will go 100% to Rebecca. We've just, uh, we can get that money to her very quickly. We didn't know what the limitations were with GoFundMe or anything like that. So we thought it would be good stewardship for us to create a fund like that internally. I also don't think that GoFundMe is tax uh, deductible. And so for what it's worth, but. Um, okay, 2022, do you wanna talk about the stuff? Or you want me to? I mean, I think Camp kind of hit on the, yeah. I, I think, you know, the big, this is kind of, we're talking about what we've added to the, to the budget from last time, which you kind of talked about, but the one thing that I think would be good for you to talk about is maybe the missional grants and the DNA plan. Okay. Yeah, last thing I'll mention with the shingle deckers, um, uh, part of why we don't, like, say, hey, we're not going to come knocking at your door if we expect that you're giving less than 10% to salt and light or that kind of stuff is... Um, it, if I can be really frank, like for moments like this, like there's a there's a sister in, in need, a brother in need, and so like don't hear this at all as like you know hey, we're gonna put the put the bucket in front of you and not move it on until you get like it's not that, but but this is like this is an opportunity and part of why we're going like hey we try to keep stuff low so that so that God can provide through us in in actual like overt need like this is one of those times and so if there's if there's anything that stirs you or you're looking back at 21 or looking forward to, to 22, like as, as if there is 
extra, or if there's not extra, but if, if you would pray and God would stir you, like this is one of those times where like we get to really tangibly enter in. I, I would say this if she was sitting here, like finances are a huge question mark and a, a massive burden, and and that's true right now. That'll be true long term as well. And so like you know, we we want to love and come alongside for the for the long haul in all the senses, financial as well as physical, emotional, spiritual, everything. But we know, we know some of what's going on in, in their family and, you know, Rebecca's own, again, she would say this, like her own mental uh, capacity to, to, to get and, and be able to, to re, re, whatever, claim some of that income that's going to be lost with Rogers, some question mark. And so, like, if, if there's anything that would stir in you, like, that is a very tangible way for the body to be the body. Um, so, again, happy to chat if that feels like a guilt trip. It's not meant to be, but it is, it is a reminder of, hey, here's part of why we do this over here, so that when something like this happens, it can be, it can, we can have some more funds freed up. So, um, can't mention adding a little bit of time for, for me to come on staff. Again, that's, that's, been, that's been happening. Um, just money was laundered. I mean, funnels. <laughs> uh, part of my role with Saturate was a day and a half with, with Salt and Light, so we're just making that more direct. So, um, But yeah, DNA funding and missional grants. If you look down at kind of our discipleship plan, again, like here's, here's what we're, where we're feeling like God is, is leading us. I want to bring to you guys for the first half of this next year. And so you'll see the DNA funding and missional grants wrapped into this. But the first thing is that we're going to continue on with, with DNAs. We're not here to announce, like, hey, we're blowing up everything we've done. Surprise, it's New Year. Um, and so, you know, what your DNA group does, those relationships, those discipleship relationships vary group to group and, and week to week. And we want to consistently empower the point persons and all of us who are in DNAs to, to live that out well. What we've added, though, is, and would love for each group to use at some point in the first half of the year, um, is $1,000 per group to our budget that we would love for you to do something with as it relates to building community, um, getting to know each other on a more deep and, and authentic level. Back to that sincere relationships and sincere discipleship uh, as, as part of one of our vision and values. Um, we would love to, to help empower that, and uh, money doesn't always empower relationships, but to take down a barrier for something like, if I can use your group as an example, um, their group went and did a kind of lake house for, for a couple nights and got away for a weekend, and I love that, and y'all didn't ask for any money from the church for it or that kind of stuff. New Year, sorry, it's already gone, but if you do it again, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, have expense reports, you're due already, sorry, so we're, uh, yeah, um, you can do another one, that's a good, yeah, yeah, and so just wanted to say, like, hey, that's, that's awesome that, that y'all were proactive and did that, we, we would love to help break down barriers for that, and would love for each group to do something like that, we know that, you know, a couple hours throughout the week, and in individual relationships between time are really valuable and vital, but there's something different when you get to spend a couple days and that kind of stuff, and so, um, each group can be creative. We're happy to help you uh, foster ideas for what that could look like. Um, but, but just wanting to say we, we, we believe in community. We believe in you discipling each other. And the stronger relationships you have, the better. And so if we can put you know, some of, quote, unquote, the, the church's income toward that, that, that's a massive kingdom win. The other side of that is wanting to be more intentional about where we serve where we're displaying and declaring the gospel again that transformative cultural engagement piece that we chatted through somewhat tonight um and so we want to establish this kind of missional grants is, is what we're calling them um and again 
Here, Grant, it can sound very formal. There's no, like, you know, dark, smoky room with a panel you have to come before to submit your proposal. But kind of going like, hey, one of the biggest barriers to mission, two biggest barriers to mission, is time and finance um, at times. And, and different organizations, different neighborhoods, different needs. Um, it, it can be just helpful sometimes to have a little bit of funding outside of what you and your group can come up with or you and some friends can come up with. And so as a church, we want to say, like, hey, if you're – have a passion, a desire to do something, maybe even knowing you have some funding behind it, it might spark something that you hadn't thought was possible before. And so this isn't quite as defined. It's not like every group has this amount, but rather kind of going, if you and others in Salt and Light are serving somewhere or living on mission somewhere, um, want to throw a block party or serve an organization or bless a, 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 a group or that kind of stuff that you're with, how can we help foster that. It feels like a good use of kingdom funds to, to, to bless others and to, to help you live on mission well. Um, so we'll talk more about that occasionally in coming weeks, but largely want to kind of put that on your radar now to kind of go like, hey, you know, ideally the first half of the year, the, the uh, kind of community side of it will be used by each group, that thousand per group. Um, and then the, the grant is kind of there as an ongoing basis. Again, this kind of an experiment, so we'll see what God does with it. Um, so I think just for numbers, I think we set aside 5000 for that, and we'll see kind of what what happens with that. So um, questions on that? I think it's awesome. That's really awesome. Cool. Well, it's again, thank you for yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you for being generous to enable us to do this. So um, Sunday teaching, we're, gonna, we're talking through de- declaring the gospel, speaking the gospel in, in January. Then on January 30th, we're going to start into Exodus, God willing. Um, we'll be in a, the first part of Exodus until they actually cross the Red Sea through Easter, and then we may continue on in to Exodus past that, or we may take a break and come back to Exodus over the summer. But we'll be in Exodus, which feels really timely right now, actually. So we'll be here 4 p.m. on Sundays, uh, at least most weeks, so... Um, Fortress has been really good to us. We like being in this part of town. I think that over the, the semester, we're continuing to build trust with leadership. And we said this before we moved in here, and as we moved in here, like they, this organization has done a great job of, you know, frankly, living on mission and serving in this community. And so some of inviting another organization into their facility uh, is, is rightly causing, you know, did cause some little bit of hesitation. Like, what if we come in and blow it, blow the, the work that they've been doing? So um, one of the board members is here. So unless y'all have talked about things that I haven't heard, like we're... We canceled our last board meeting, but it was number one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, anyway, they just, they, they bless us. We want to bless them and continue to help them live on their mission here as well as they disciple kids in this neighborhood and families and continue to build out ministries. Part of the four o'clock, uh, just as a reminder, is the the church that is that has a cool banner that you drive past as you enter in um uh they have access exclusive rights to all the parking until noon or one on sundays and so um there's convictional reasons as well to to meet in the afternoons right now but but that is part of it is that uh, mornings are not an option for for this space um, yeah and we bought this space from the archdiocese so that was a negotiation point as yeah. part of the sale so we also just yeah, yeah. So we'll be here, um, unless you hear otherwise, um, but they're great, and we'd love to stay here. Um, kids and students, so we'll continue on with what we've established for, for uh, preschool. Um, every week, having an op- most weeks at least, having an option for that. 
Uh, monthly elementary gatherings will continue as well as some occasional kind of get your families, get your kids, households together. Yes, ma'am. There is still a need for, I think, two uh, preschool leaders. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have more people just serving once a month and we can have a little process. So if you, if that's something that's been on your radar and you've been thinking about it, there's definitely some spot. Definitely need help, so. Yes, and if it hasn't been on your radar and haven't thought about it, now you are. So there you go. Um, but yeah, just to repeat, because we're recording this for folks who aren't here, there's an opportunity for two preschool teachers, because part of what we're trying to do, and trying really hard to do, is make sure that everybody's on once a month as a, as a rotation, and not more than that. So, there you go. Um, and then one thing we want to plan for in uh, the first half of the year is that we have, we already have a couple of folks who are in that sixth grade and up, but we have like... A billion of them over the next five years um, entering into the teenage world. Um, as I personally like to think of it, they're salt teens. Right? Yeah. Should never catch on. For our sake, we'd love it. For their sake, like, we should never call it. Anyway, so, um, but. <laughs> Wanting to wanting to prep for having even you know more, I think we we triple or quadruple the number of uh, sixth graders next year, and that'll just continue to exponentially grow. Um, so, in addition to uh, the announcement about preschool, um, if if Salt Teens is on your radar or should be, um, and, uh, and and you would have a desire to even help, even think through and shape what discipleship. Uh, can and should look like. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that, that uh, teens can be discipled and a lot of different needs and even those of us who are closest to the teenage years, whatever you think of needing discipleship, it's just like completely gone out the window and the need is far, far greater. So, um, so that's on our radar for the last half of the year as well. And in summer, it uh, felt like book clubs were a really fruitful experience and so we're going to do kind of book clubs 2.0. Uh, we're going to start them in June rather than July, and then we're going to kind of use August, just even paying attention to the annual rhythms and, you know, gearing up, resting from and resting for rhythms, kind of use August as a little bit of kind of a downshift and work with DNAs if there's any reconfiguring needed and kind of do a little bit of kind of a downshift for, for August as far as, we don't, again, we don't do a ton of stuff uh, anyway, but, but um, kind of let that be a preparation for, for a new school year. Um, so we'll do book clubs in June and July, um, and so if you have uh, book ideas, we, the way we kind of formed the different book hubs last year, um, where we wanted to, to pay attention especially to cultural issues going on, and then we really just paid attention to folks who said, like, hey, have you read this book? And we're like, oh, that's, that's interesting, maybe that should become a book club, and several did, and a couple didn't, um, but they don't all have to be around cultural issues, uh, one thought's been even kind of some spiritual practices or that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but but we're very open. So if you have a book idea, and then on top of that, not in addition to, but on top of that, if you'd want to lead through a, a book club, um, I think a couple of folks stepped into some leadership they hadn't been in before, and so it could be a good you know six or eight week test your chops, see how you like it, like the spirit empower you to the leader you already are, Sarah, um, or, who, or whomever. Um, <laughs> All right, so that's 2022, first half. Again, everything is God willing. Uh, I want to continue to follow him step by step, but, but this is some of the where, where we think he's leading us as a church family. So questions about that or anything at all?
Can I throw out the thought on book clubs potentially repeating some that were offered last year? Because, yeah. like, you know, there were lots of, that I was interested in, but I only had the bandwidth to participate sure. in one. Yeah, and good for you for kind of going, hey, if I have the bandwidth for one, I'm going to go all in on it mm -hmm. rather than try to scatter. So, yeah, the idea of, of repeating book clubs is certainly on the table. Specific one? Not necessarily. Okay. That, that, that author wrote that missional book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. It felt like it was obvious. But. <laughs> um, I think, I'm just curious. I think you said that you have those convictional purposes for doing Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. I was what those were. Yeah, so some of it is um, there's something about, like, A, the early church gathered on Sunday evenings as kind of a way to break their Sabbath, and they would have a meal together. We call it their love feast. We won't. Um, <laughs> um, even, even some of the second Sunday supper is a little bit of a reflection of that. Um, also paying attention to, we, we recognize like there's, you know, activities and some sports and that kind of stuff. Where we're headed is increasingly Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons don't matter all that much. The games are being put more and more on Sunday mornings, so we're close to a tipping point of six and one, half dozen in the other. Um, and also kind of going, like, there is some freedom that we want folks to feel for if they, it seems more likely, and we've experienced this, that if, you know, someone's going to go out of town for the weekend, they'll be back an hour or two earlier to be here, and that wouldn't necessarily happen on um, Sunday mornings. So now, again, like, there's, there's cons to every pro and pros to every con kind of stuff, but those are some of the things that have led us to stick with Sunday evenings. We're missing any? We, for ones? one, absolutely love it and don't yeah. want to go back. We stay in our pajamas until, like, 3. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes 3.10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or come in your pajamas. Yeah, we, I mean, we like the rhythm. I was just curious. Okay. What you were yeah, a lot. And again, like, we, we always want to be, you know, aware that we're not in first century Judea and, and that kind of stuff. But there is something... We, we have heard from some families, like, a little bit of what Ashley is saying is, like, you know, e even trying to find a time to Sabbath and rest on any regular rhythm, whether it's weekly or otherwise, is, is really hard. And if, you know, Saturday, Saturdays kind of are the only downtime, and then Sunday mornings you've got to be up and going. It doesn't feel like there's uh, as much of an opportunity for rest, and there, ha there has been in, in some households kind of a... Sunday gets to be a little bit of that that wouldn't otherwise be. And there's kind of something beautiful about the church family breaking our Sabbath in worship together. Um, so that's some of it. As with staff, as with meeting here, as with times, like we've, we, we, we want to say, hey, here's what we're doing for this season. And there's a lot of, part of why we even, we have priorities and principles rather than specific, like here's practices we'll always hold to is to kind of go, there's a lot of different ways to implement these. And so, you know, we, we have this size staff for budget for now. We have this much in missional grants for now. Maybe four times that next year, that kind of stuff. And may not always meet it for. We want to hold things loosely as, as God opens doors. But we also want to be purposeful behind everything we do, um, which could create tension at some point. I mean, like, I thought you had all these convictions. Like, well, we do. Um, and also just want to pay attention to, to where God might be leading us. There's no thou shalt meet at 4 p.m. on Sundays. So I want to be open to what God does. Other questions? <clears throat> yes, sir. Have you guys any uh, thoughts or discussions around how Salt Mine could be involved in global missions? Started those conversations. And, um, yeah, what, what was a very kind of first order priority on that was Lloyd's. And since they were coming and a lot of 
relationships. And I think that if I had to say, that's probably one of our figure it out in this calendar year priorities. Um, uh, part of that was even wanting to get through the full calendar year and kind of go what, uh, I know it's not all, you're not just asking about funding, but wanting to kind of go like, what does you know budget look like and that kind of stuff. And then we want to be intentional about connections and that kind of stuff going into this year. So if you know anyone who has a passion and experience in global missions and wants to help shape that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like that's one of those empowering the, the body to be the body that, that a lot of perspectives on global missions and we certainly don't feel like our board or SLT has to be the only people like figuring it out and then proclamation, here's how this is gonna look. So that's it's been a conversation and one that, that we need to figure out this year at some point. Vague answer, but yes is the short answer. We've talked about it. We want to give a little bit of time um, to, to pray. Yeah. One last thing I thought of, just very logistically, so we had talked about that uh, on, on giving statements on your end of year giving from last year, but also want to note for many that gave through the city church's online platform at the beginning of the year, giving their giving buyer platform. Any of those initiatives will come through from a note from them. So if you're in that case, you'll get two different statements on giving. Um, so again, very logistical, but we just want to mention it since uh, it's a little bit, a little bit different than, than a lot of Yeah. Cool. All right, if you have other questions, uh, come talk to, to any of the three of us or Nicole or Jess. We want to end tonight uh, with some intentionality around prayer. Um, so we recognize kids and ages uh, would love for you to, to be able to participate in this. Um, if you can stick around for a few more. Um, okay, one of my favorite things to do uh, at any point, especially at the start of something new, is take time to reflect and look back. And that's like rolling his eyes like oh my gosh does she ever like <laughs> uh, uh, look back and, and then also look forward and so this what uh, the handout that you just got if you guys were with us in the very beginning um, when we kicked off like our official church plant um, we shared prayers and blessings and hopes and desires for our church body and that's what this is um, this is to remember um, what we prayed and talked about and dreamed and shared. So, um, I just want, like, I'm just going to give you guys one minute to kind of just skim through this, uh, read it, and, and then we'll talk again in just a minute. But I want to give you just a second to read some of these to yourself, um, right now. I love that. I, I mean, there's just so much that's just, like, making me just want to cry right now. Um, so take this dwell on it this week. Thank God for some of the things that you see. But I also just want to take a couple of minutes and just kind of like collectively share and like thank God. Um, you know, what are the things that we have seen? I know for me, uh, one of the things that stands out here is actually the second to last one on the back that says, God, we, would we be a steadfast people? We would not lose our saltiness as we move forward. And I think one of the things as I was reflecting on our church of the last year is um, the the things like one of the things that just gives me the greatest just gratitude towards God is that um, everybody stayed, <laughs> and I don't mean that in like a like a, a goofy way. I mean like it humbles me. Like it it just completely levels me out. That um, that 
we all put our hands in this together and we're all still in it together a year later. And um, as much as we see people go in and out of churches and in and out of community and, you know, being interested in God and not, and, you know, whatever, like there's so much of that. And so it is not lost on me. Um, what a gift that that is, what an answered prayer that God, um, that God kept us together as a steadfast people. And then also in abundance, I think about, he also brought new people to us, like the Clevens, the Whitehurst, Danielle, Miriam, like there are others that have also joined in and that just floors me. Like, I'm so thankful for that. So I'm so thankful for each of you, your willingness to stay steadfast, to stay um, in it, in this scrappy little church, um, just trusting that God is doing something and we all get to be part of it together. So um, thank you for that. So I'd love to just take a minute or two, just as something comes to your mind, like what it is, uh, when you look back over the last year, what are you thankful for? Or how do you see God answering one of these prayers? How, how did you experience that answered prayer? Are we saying these out loud? Yeah, okay. let's say it out loud. Let's encourage one another. Our group has talked a lot about the third to last on the first row, just for the, just like kind of a space for healing of um, just maybe frustrations from past church experience and stuff. I feel like everyone really felt like it was just a uh, refreshing or new approach to church that was nice to be a, a part of, and um, that's been a blessing to us. Yeah, praise God. I think a lot of conversations with folks who have kind of healing of various sorts, uh, third to last on the front page, but place it Yeah. I think we've really benefited from there being less of things. Um, and more focus on where our family is on mission and also just our personal walk with the Lord, there's just been an increased focus on that because I feel like that's what the heart of um, this church is. And even just us focusing on what what does it look like for us to be salt and light, um, we've, we've been able to really that be our mission because it hasn't been so much else to do. Yeah. Praise God. Thanks for sharing. When you look these over, what else stands out to you of how God answered prayer? I can't see the sheet from where I'm at, but whenever I had COVID and was like on oxygen for six months, for six weeks and stuff and was like really in bad shape. Uh, I didn't step foot in my kitchen for five weeks uh, because people brought meals every day for five weeks and there was a lot of people in this um, church that were doing that and we just felt really loved and supported um, whenever we were having a rough time. So I'm really thankful for that. Thanks, good. Well, what I want to do now, like, take this, put it on your fridge, stick it in your Bible, keep praying these things. Um, these don't expire. <laughs> these are still, like, really important things that we want to keep praying over our church. Um, but also, like, let's keep dreaming, and let's keep asking God for big things. So, um, like, let's take a minute right now, and what is something, you know, either spiritually or practically that you want to ask God 
for on behalf of our church um, this next year. I know for, for me, one of the big things, like I said, is the fact that we were able to stay together, um, and that was really powerful for me to reflect on that. And I'm asking God that he would grow us um, in, um, in a new way over this next year, and not because I, we want to be a big church or anything like that, but honestly because we talk about, like, you know, wanting to love our preschoolers well, wanting to love our elementary age kids well, wanting to love our, you know, the middle school kids that are coming, the global missions. Like, there's all of these beautiful dreams and hopes and desires that we have, um, but we don't want to burn any of us out, you know. We want to work together. We want to all be able to always bring our best, you know. Um, but if we're all, you know, running ragged because then we eventually stop bringing our best. And so just asking God to um, bring more people that can help and um, walk alongside us and be part of our community. So um, that's one thing I'm praying this year. I'd love to know a couple of other things. I'd love for us to, it's encouraging for us to hear from each other um, what God is kind of impressing upon us to pray for our church. I mean, I pray that we stay like a, a spiritual safe place that people who um, maybe are really turned off by the church um, would encounter Jesus in a really real way in our body and maybe would fall in love with him for the first time or reconnect with their faith in a meaningful way. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, guys. I want to see disciples of Jesus baptized this year. Mm-hmm. Baptism service was really beautiful. Yeah. And I want to see, I want to see more, more people, more kids, more adults, you know. Yeah. That's their thing. Me too. That's good. What else do you feel like God is kind of leading you to pray for our church this year? minutes we're conveniently already clumped up so um like we've each got our own little pods that we just take a couple minutes just to um praise god and ask god for you know whether you're wanting to repeat a prayer here or something new that spirit is impressing upon you but let's do that in clumps and um and i'll close us in just a couple minutes so um yeah turn in and pray for a few minutes please God, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for the ways that you have abundantly blessed us over this past year. And Lord, thank you for all you are doing and will do going forward. And I pray that you would just continue to grow us as people who reflect your love to others. Um, 
Lord, help us just to um, keep our eyes fixed upon you. Lord, may that be all that we do, is just keep our eyes upon you, Lord. And we ask all of these things in your name. Amen. Amen.